Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome in to Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and also streaming live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube if you search Picks and Parlays. We're really easy to find if you want to tune in that way. I'm your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me every day on Twitter, at Chelsea Messenger is my handle. And also, I'm here every weekday, 1 Pacific, 4 Eastern. Today is Wednesday, October the 2nd. It's a great time of year. Uh, we've got NFL, we've got college football, and we've got postseason baseball in full swing. Uh, and also, NHL starting tonight, I believe, right? So tonight, yeah, <laughs> it's a great time of year. Uh, plus, you know, all the basic girl things, pumpkin spice lattes, sweaters, which I'm already regretting because I'm already sweating. <laughs> it's not quite fall weather, I suppose, uh, here in Vegas, even though it has cooled off quite a bit. Uh, today on the show, we've got, you guessed it, a lot of football, starting with college football with Craig Trapp, Texas, West Virginia, Utah State, LSU, which LSU has been scoring a ton of points uh, but the total in that one, I believe, is 74. So we'll see if they can continue uh, their hot streak of uh, that offense that is just so prolific. Because guess what? LSU has covered the total by themselves in three of their games, which is unreal. Uh, and then Baylor K-State. Uh, moving on to NFL, we've got Bucks Saints, Jags Panthers, Colts Chiefs. Uh, some of the games we're covering today. And then finally, yep, we've got a lot of postseason baseball to cover with Tony T, Cardinals, Braves, Nationals, Dodgers, and of course, that American League uh, wildcard game tonight, Rays and A's, which should be a fun one. Uh, both those teams are almost very similar in the fact that they're small market teams that can play with the big dogs. I don't know who the Astros are hoping win this, wins this one, because I think both really oppose a threat uh, to the Astros in the next round, but you've got to get past this game, you know, to make it to the next one. Uh, we've got a great show, lots of stuff to dive into on this Wednesday afternoon. We'll be back after the break on Picks and Parlays Radio, diving in to college football. We're back after the break on Picks and Parlays Radio. Welcome back to Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and also streaming live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. I am your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me on Twitter at Chelsea Messenger. And we are starting the show off with some college football. We've got Craig Trapp joining us here in the studio live in Las Vegas to talk some college football. Hello. Excited about college football week six. And, of course, week you're in six. town in Vegas. Wow. Yeah, you're in Vegas, and it's week six of college football. Uh, NHL starts tonight, actually going to the Knights game tonight. So super excited about that. And uh, this time of year, it gets cooler out here. It's only in the low 80s or high 70s the last few days. I know. I'm still sweating. <laughs> but, but that is neither here nor there. At least we don't have humidity here, I suppose. It's a dry heat. Dry heat. Um, I've heard that a million times. Already. I know. It doesn't matter. It's hot. Yeah, when it's 112 during the summer, that's it's still miserable. 
Uh, all right, so let's talk about some of these college football games as advertised. Let's start with Texas, West Virginia. Texas is favoring this one, minus 10 and a half. Uh, total sits at 61. Uh, Texas, 3 and 1, 2 and 2 against the spread. West Virginia, 3 and 1, uh, 2 and 2 against the spread. Uh, how are we seeing this one? Well, Texas is finally for real, I believe. That's how I'm seeing this one. And you can tell that, of course, the lines for Texas can get out of control uh, because they're a huge public team. These guys usually bet, uh, the fans usually bet their uh, play, uh, their team. Ten and a half we see this. So a road favorite at double digits in conference play, really tough, considering how hard it is to go from uh, to Texas f to Morgantown is not easy to get to. And the total set at 61 in this one. This is like that hot girl everybody wants at school, Texas is finally, you have a chance with them. That's what it feels like uh, when you got the playoffs out there, if Texas can roll the table this year. It would be the dream scenario for, uh, of course, the uh, selection committee. Right, but we're talking about this game. <laughs> Getting ahead of myself a little. Right, I know. You start talking about hot girls and you get all <laughs> besides yourself. Hey, I'm in Vegas, so why not? Uh, I know. Uh, but, yeah, 10.5 is a big number, especially since tex uh, Texas lost to West Virginia uh, at Texas last year. So that's, I think, the, the question in this one is, can Texas cover? Or if you like the over in this one, we were talking about this earlier, 61 is not that high of a number. And for Texas, they're averaging close to 42 points per game. They're going to score points. I think the question is, can West Virginia also score some points on this Texas defense that, you know what, I mean, they give up points. So I think that's the question I'm asking you. Yeah, I think the total is definitely where I'm going to end up in this one. I remember last year, 42-41, like you said, West Virginia won at Texas. In fact, the road team has won the last three games, um, but only that, only that game went over. So um, years before, 28-14, Texas won at West Virginia. That was a pretty big win for Texas that year and 24-23 years back. Uh, but this year, like you said, this Texas offense has been putting up numbers and bunches. What they did against LSU was pretty impressive. I mean, they really had – LSU was faking injuries to try to slow them down. <laughs> uh, it was it only was uh, Burrow being so good for uh, for LSU that that won that game for LSU but I think Texas still has a shot I think they win this game um, I don't know about the spread in this one I think I would stay away just because I don't like laying double digits at a tough Morgantown uh, but I do like the over here at 61 I think uh, Neil Brown uh, has done enough we've seen the last few weeks with this offense improved it enough and Austin Kendall at quarterback for West Virginia I think they get uh, 25 to 28 points and that will be more than enough uh, for to push this one over in my opinion right West Virginia has scored 73 points in their past two games uh, so their offense seems to be looking better than it did kind of at the first of the season because the one uh, problem on their resume is that big loss to Missouri losing 38 to 7 so after that game I think a lot of people were kind of off of West Virginia but since then they've been really good uh, granted when we talk about last year's game there's no Will Greer at quarterback for West Virginia there's no Dana Holgerson uh, even though I do think Neil Brown is a, a great coach uh, but I don't know if I'd predict a win here but I think it's gonna be close well Tom Herman better not be sleeping I'm just saying because Neil Brown and and Kendall will have that offense humming this week especially early and you know we've seen these uh, games North Carolina last week at Clemson if you stay close early and get that confidence it could be really dangerous late but I don't think Texas will do that I think they'll jump out on offense um, I, I love uh, Sam Ellinger I think he's more than qualified to to get us 40 plus in this one and I think that pushes this game over so let's take the over 61 Texas at West Virginia 
in week six. All right, let's go to Utah State LSU. Uh, the fifth-ranked Tigers are favored by 27 and a half in this one. Total sits at 74, and I think that number is so so high because LSU has been scoring a lot of points. This is not the LSU team of the past that only runs the ball and thrives on defense. It's an LSU team that really has a skilled quarterback, and they can throw the ball. They've scored over 45 points in all of their games, uh, including, and that was against Texas. Uh, so this team has covered the over by themselves in three games. So it's hard not to look at the over, but 74 is really high. It's a really big total. Um, also, the, the, the spread, obviously, really big, 27 and a half uh, for LSU here. I think it might be getting a little ahead of themselves there. I just think LSU's defense, they've given up a lot of points. Vandy, um, you know, the, Vandy scored 38 uh, against them. And then, of course, Texas, we've already uh, talked about that Texas game. They scored 40, uh, 38. So, I mean, they've given up 38 twice in the last three games. So, to me, I, I think it's a little many, too many points. Utah State's a pretty solid team. That uh, win against San Diego State at San Diego State was very impressive. 23-17, two weeks back. I know Colorado State, obviously not very, not very good, but they took care of business last week. To me, I think you have to take Utah State and all these points. I know LSU is very good, um, but they have a lot bigger fish to fry ahead of them in SEC play. When right, have they have that, Florida next week. This is what you call the sandwich game when you you got to get outside of conference play for one week in the middle of what they've already had. Uh, you know, played Vandy last week. So to right. me, I think this is a, a tough spot to cover. Uh, obviously, I think they win the game, but I'm going to take the big number here with 27 and a half is Gary Anderson, part two, time back at uh, <laughs> Utah State, has done a very good job. And Jordan Love, uh, quarterback for Utah State, will do plenty, I think, here to keep this within the number. And LSU defense just hasn't been that great so far. Well, we talk about a little bit of a look-ahead game. LSU is also sitting, uh, I think, three of their top defensive ends. So I don't think there's going to be the pass rush that we normally see for LSU. Uh, and they also have uh, three other defensive starters that will be sitting in this one uh, due to some injuries. I think a lot of them got hurt in that Texas game, as we saw. I don't think they were faking. <laughs> well, I, I think they definitely were faking. It's kind of like Notre Dame against Georgia where they're okay, like the that, guys those were get bad. Down, get down, get down. But Coach O, they recruit as good as anybody. They're Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State type talent. So they're deep at defense. They just right. haven't been great. They, you know, I, Part of the problem is LSU's offense score, is scoring so quickly now. So right. they're on so the field a lot more. The they're on again. the field a ton. And, and those boys are big. They've yeah, been I mean, eating the gumbo. They're over 300 pounds on the de defensive line. It's supposed line. to be hot. Hot and humid, of course, in the south. And right. I think this one uh, spells a lot of points. I don't know. 74 seems a little big for me, so I'll stay away from the total. But I do like uh, Utah State a lot here, almost uh, at the premium level, actually, for me. So let's take Utah State and the near four touchdowns here. Even though the only time LSU has not covered, it was against uh, Northwestern State, and they were favored by 51 and a half, and I think they missed it by one point. So they've done a great job of covering the spread. Yes. <laughs> All right, let's move on uh, to Baylor, Kansas State. Kansas State favoring this one at minus one, so almost a pick em. Uh Total sits at 50. Baylor 4-0, and 2-2 and against the spread. K-State 3-1, and and also Three and one against the spread. What are we feeling on this one? This is a kind of a hidden good game here. We haven't seen Baylor really play anybody yet. 
Um, so this is, uh, you know, Iowa State, I just don't know how good Iowa State was last week. But at least they did win. I mean, that's the positive. Kansas State, that they had a big win against Mississippi State. Right. Um, last week, you know, kind of let down Oklahoma State. But I think Oklahoma State is pretty good. So I don't really uh, fault them. And that was at um, Oklahoma State. So to me in this one, uh, we remember seeing this line in the summer as uh, games of the years came out. Baylor was favored by around three. Now Kansas State's favored by one with a total of 50. So basically a pick em type game. I think you have to take Kansas State here at home. I just I love what Skyler Thompson's done, dual threat quarterback here for Kansas State, and Coach Kleiman, first year. I think he's done a very good job. Very tough place to play mm-hmm. uh, at Kansas State. I think Baylor uh, loses this one. I like Kansas State and the minus one here. All right, those are our college football picks with Craig Trapp. When we get back from the break, we're talking more football. This time NFL. Uh, Craig is back with some of the lines on some of these games. So if you stick with us after the break. We've got a lot of football to cover and, of course, more baseball towards the end of the show. Stick with us after the break on Picks and Parlays Radio. Welcome back to Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and also streaming live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. I am your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me on Twitter at Chelsea Messenger. It's just my name. That's my handle uh, right now. We've got more football to cover. This time it's NFL. We've got Craig Trapp returning for the second segment for more. Because <laughs> you, you just can't get enough, can you, Craig? Hey, this time of year, <laughs> it's football season. You can't get enough. Uh, NFL week five, some big matchups. Uh, I think a couple of these are going to be a heck of games, too, that we're going to be covering. All right, let's start off with the Bucks and the Saints. Uh, the Saints coming off two huge wins uh, over the Cowboys and the Seahawks where they were underdogs in both of those and they won outright uh meanwhile the bucks you know pretty impressive in their last game as well uh that big win on the road against the rams so uh, who are we liking in this one the saints are favored by three total sits at 47 this is a, this is a interesting matchup because the line came down of course because when the advanced lines came out of course they were expecting uh drew Brees to be the quarterback so now that's went from either six or six and a half in most spots to three now um, it's almost like they're begging you to take the Saints, and usually when the sports books are doing that, that's when the other side hits. But I just don't know how you go across the New Orleans team that is coming off these two impressive wins. Right, and uh, Teddy Bridgewater, I mean, he's a backup quarterback, but he's being paid $7 million a year, which makes him one of the higher-paid uh, backup quarterbacks in the league. And he's been playing, I mean, serviceable. He's not Drew Brees, but with the pieces they have around him, he's been more than enough to win these games. And their defense has been amazing. Right. The last two games, defense special teams has picked it up. And you see that a lot when guys, when you lose a key quarterback or a key a running back where everybody else steps up, not just on the offense or the defense, but the entire team. We've seen that from New Orleans. But I, can't, I guess you can't discount Tampa Bay's two big wins. They won on the Thursday game at Tampa Bay. That was an impressive win. And then last week, uh, then they lost to the Giants, which they were up what, 20, 18 points or something with a few minutes uh, into the third quarter or fourth quarter. And then lost that one. And then they bounced back at the Rams last week, 55-40. to 40. Very impressive win. Jameis Winston, maybe he's turning the corner finally. Right. That's the question, I think, for a lot of people is which Jameis Winston will we see? Uh, the Jameis Winston that went first overall? Or is it going to be the Jameis Winston that throws all these interceptions and who is talking nonsense on the sidelines about eating a W? Because uh, when he's good, you know, he's been a lot better. And I know a lot of people... Uh, we're talking about hiring Bruce Arians to be that quarterback guru, guru 
uh, for Winston, and I think so far, you know, it's working. Well, Bruce Arians, I think, has done enough, but we still see some glimpses of those bad decisions and some right. bad interceptions, and that's what they have to avoid because to win at New Orleans, you can't afford extra possessions to a New Orleans offense that is as talented, even without Drew Brees, as anybody in the league. Um, I think this is going to be a good game. Let's remember last year, Tampa Bay did pull an upset at New Orleans to open the year, I believe it was. Um, they won 48-40 to in the shootout to open the year, and then Tampa or, uh, New Orleans won in Tampa Bay 28-14 to late in December. So they've done it before, but right. I don't think this year. I just think New Orleans is playing with a lot of confidence. I think they're going to play um, – really play good on defense and, and protect Teddy Bridgewater. That's what they've been doing. They've running the ball. Uh, they play good defense. I think New Orleans minus three is a gift from the sports books. And usually I worry about that, but we're just going to stay with it this week. New Orleans minus three is going to be our play. Right. The one thing about uh, Tampa Bay is it is a divisional game. And I think some of those play a little closer uh, than some other games because these teams are familiar. They know each other really well, but the Saints, they just have so many weapons. Alvin Kamara uh, is so good after contact it seems like some of these guys can't wrap him up they can't tackle him so that's going to be a, a real test of this bucks defense uh is if they can stop this saints rush attack uh, and also bringing in Taysom hill it's a change of pace guys so well, they haven't been good in short yardage the last few weeks that has been the one uh, they had a several against the cowboys that man you were like man if mark ingram was there this would probably have been a way easier uh third and one fourth and one type thing um, but I think when they do bring Taysom Hill in, that gives them that extra guy because then you can run wildcat type stuff. And it's just harder to prepare for. Yeah, I mean, just another thing that you have to throw out there with all the talent they have on uh, both receiver, tight end, and at running back, that just makes it that much more difficult. But the Saints, the short yardage is, is somewhat of an issue, although last week the Bucks gave up, you know, 40, what, 40 some points, so 40 yeah, points. Yeah, so. but it was to a Rams offense that's pretty good. Yeah, that was, that was a, a shootout. Uh, so you're taking the Saints? We're going to take the Saints minus three here. I just think. Uh, they the third week in a row they not only win but they cover third week in a row. All right, let's move on to the Jags and the Panthers. The Panthers are favored at home minus three and a half. Total sits at 41. This is the battle of the backup quarterbacks. Even though at this point I don't know if you call Gardner Minshew a backup. He's been so good. He's been threading the needle for some of those receivers and uh, some of his throws you just can't cover. He's been so on the money. Uh, and he's been a really good find for the Jags. Meanwhile, the Panthers will have uh, Kyle Allen. I always want to say Josh yeah. Allen. But Kyle Allen, who's won, won almost all of his games, I think. It would be hard to imagine a spot where Cam Newton gets healthy and he doesn't get the starting rollback. But, if, I mean, they're saying he's going to be out another two or three weeks. Imagine if Kyle Allen gets another win this week. And then next, before you know it, you start to, you start to hear it with the fans and the coaching and, and the players that they want to stick with who is getting them to that spot. Right. Lucky for them, I think the Jags get the, get the win in this one, outright win. I think uh, favor, or underdog by three and a half. I love getting the extra hook here. I just think this Jacksonville defense is way more talented than the Panthers at this point. So to me, I think you get the better defense, a hotter quarterback, if that's even possible. They've both been really hot. Uh, in their, both their starts. but And I think the total here, I think, the, I think this one goes over 41. I just think there's going to be a lot more points um, from Jacksonville, and that makes Carolina going to have to play catch-up late. I think this Panthers defense gets a lot more credit than it probably deserves because last year they thrived on their defense, but they lost a lot of players from that defense. They lost uh, Thomas Davis, who is almost like the quarterback of that linebacking core. Obviously, they still have Luke Keekley, who is one of the better players in the entire league, but they don't have uh, Peppers 
and Gerald McCoy hasn't been uh, quite as good of a pass rusher this year. So I think, I don't know, the Jags defense I think has the edge in this one just because the pass rush has been really good. Clear. I think the Jags, the, the one question, obviously Ramsey didn't play last week. He's questionable to play this week. Oh, gosh. They're way better, way better when <laughs> he's playing. I mean, he is very talented. I know he's a distraction a little bit, but I think it's helped that they've won their last two games because then that kind of distraction goes away. When you're losing and those kind of things come up, like you're begging for trades and that, then that comes out, but they've won the last two games. I think they make it three in a row this week. I'm going to take the points here, but I don't think we're going to need them. I just think the Jags are really good on defense, and Garden Minshew is playing as well as any, and as much as confidence as any quarterback in the league right now. Let's take the three and a half with the Jacksonville Jaguars. All right, next up we've got the Colts and the Chiefs. This one is in Kansas City. The Chiefs are favored at minus 11. Total sits at 56 and a half. How are we seeing this one line up? Well, this is re this is that revenge game from the playoffs last year. The right. the Chiefs won 31-13 in Kansas City, of course, in the playoffs last year to set up the uh, game against New England uh, the next week. But I think this is going to be a pretty good game, even though the the line does not suggest. When you see a line of 11, usually you think blowout. I don't know. I just think this Colts team's way better. I know they got caught off guard last week losing at home to Oakland, but I just think this Kansas City or this uh, Colts team is a little better than what this line suggests. Well, especially when we've seen some of these big lines, and a lot of them haven't covered. Uh, we saw the Rams, they got beat, and they were favored by nine and a half at home. So uh, I think this deep in the year, it's, it's hard to take some of those big numbers unless it's the Dolphins or the Jets. Well, and you got to have a, you got to have a team that's willing to keep pushing it late, right? Uh, like you know, New England. <laughs> I mean, they're one of even the though they didn't there. cover, they put Tom Brady back in, and they still didn't cover. They covered against the Dolphins, though. <laughs> uh, but to me, that was a division game, a little uh, revenge because they've lost down there in years past. But in this one, I think if you're going to play the side, I think you have to play the Colts. I just think we saw Kansas City last week. That defense still has issues. They still get lots of points, but. That means to me I take the over here. I, both of these teams are 3-1 and one against the over this year. Both the defenses have looked a little suspect at times. Well, the Chiefs have looked a lot suspect at times. I think this one goes way over. 56.5, that is a big number in the NFL. But I still like the over. I just think these two are going to both put up 27-plus, and that means uh, this is going to go way over. I think it's going to be like 35-28 to 28 type game uh, with Chiefs winning, and that puts us on the over here. That's the stronger of the two plays for me. Yeah, the Chiefs gave up uh, quite a few points to the Lions, right? Yeah, 34 to 30, and had to really come back to win that game the week before, 33 to 28. Uh, the only game they didn't cover was um, at Oakland, 28 to 10, and they scored all those points in the first half. There was no points in the second half in that one. They scored 28 mm -hmm. in the first half, and then the first week, of course, they scored 40 against Jacksonville's good defense. That tells you how good this Kansas City offenses 40 to 26 in the opening week so to me this one goes way over I think it's a pretty easy play I mean heck this Indianapolis Colts team gave up 31 points to Oakland that hasn't been able to score the last few weeks uh, before that right although I will say that Matt Stafford is probably a better quarterback than a lot of people uh, give him credit for some of those throws he was making they're really good Talent has never been the yeah, problem with Stafford. It's he's a gunslinger. Decision made. It's like Brett. It is literally like watching Brett Favre for me when you watch Matt Stafford and when he's on. When those guys are on and everything goes their way, it's amazing because they are hitting all these tight windows. To me, I think that's you'll see that Mahomes is gonna is definitely that type of quarterback where he can go. I mean, some of the stuff he's doing right now is. Incredible. You would never coach this to any kid, and he's doing it time after time after time, and staying away from 
turnovers, which if you're going to have 56 and a half, unless you're going to throw pick sixes, you can't avoid a whole lot of turnovers or field goals. I don't think we're going to see many field goals, and I don't think we're going to see many turnovers or stops in this one. I think this one goes well over the 56 number here. Yeah, I'm still wondering uh, how much money that Mahomes is going to get. Well, whatever <laughs> Dak Prescott gets, he's <laughs> going to get more because Dak Prescott's going to sign first. And then that's going to set the new, you know, precedent. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be. They're saying forty million per year, um, so it's going to be probably three hundred and twenty million. Which, as much as the league makes, the best player in the league should be making that money. I think. Yeah, I mean, if he continues what he's going to do this year, he's going to be back-to-back -back MVP, youngest ever to do that, and probably going to be on the team that's going to have for the second straight year, most likely, the home field advantage in the AFC. So, right. If you're going to ever pay a guy, this is the type of guy you do it. Right, and if Roger Goodell is making more, you know, how much is he making? Like 50 mil or 40 mil? They might see who makes more in this. Oh, gosh, <laughs> don't get me started on that train. Uh, but those are NFL picks. Uh, after the break, we're diving into postseason baseball because it's October, and we're excited about it. We're back after the break on Picks and Parlays. And we're back on Picks and Parlays Radio, on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, and also streaming live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. I am your host, Chelsea Messenger, and we've saved, I think, our most exciting segment for last. We've got Tony T joining us to talk a little postseason baseball. Tony, are you ready for the postseason? <laughs> oh, I, I'm ready for the postseason. What a way to start, huh, with that nice eighth-inning comeback by the uh, Nationals to get that win 4-3. to three. A wild eighth-inning hater, uh, you know, has himself to blame. Hit, hits a batsman. That was questionable, although I thought they made the right call. You couldn't really tell if it was bat first or, or flesh first, so I'm okay with that. But then the walk, and of course, uh, Grisham, we've all seen, we've ha had it happen to it. Have you ever played baseball? You know what it's like. You just, you just assume a good hop. He didn't get a good hop, and the ball gets by him, and it allows the uh, Nationals to get that 43 win. I know. That's tough. I never want to see any game won that way just because I feel so bad uh, for the guy that makes the error. Uh, but regardless, the Nationals now, they have a postseason win at least. I know the postseason has been uh, haunting for that fan base uh, over the past you know, decade or two. So it was good to see the Nationals finally get a win in the postseason, even though they've got the Dodgers up next, which no small feat. <laughs> no, no small feat at all. Yes, it's been tough on the Nationals. I remember the Dodgers talking about. I remember that series against the Giants where they should have won that series. I think they went like 18 innings until they lost to the Sider in one of the wildest games because I was at Dodgers Stadium for that game, and the Nationals game started three hours ahead of them. The Dodgers and Nationals game almost finished at the same time because that, that the deciding game for Washington went like 18 innings. Of course, it was another disappointing loss by the Nationals to get eliminated. It was about three years ago. Oh, I know. D.C. sports, uh, some of their fan bases have to be uh, a little frustrated, especially with how the Redskins are playing right now. Uh, but let's talk about this Nationals-Dodgers uh, matchup in the NLDS. Uh, Dodgers favored minus 180, probably because they're at home. They have not announced a starter yet, but we're thinking it's probably going to be Walker Bueller uh, because Ryu uh, has been better on the road, so they'll probably start him in Game 3. And then Kershaw will probably be Game 2 just to get him the allotted time of rest. And they have said that Rich Hill is starting Game 4. But let's talk, talk about Game 1 because that's the one – uh, you know, we're betting on. Uh, Patrick Corbin's probably going for the Nationals. I think they did announce that today, that he is actually uh, starting for them. So uh, initial thoughts on this game one. 
Yeah, Corbin's going was announced actually one hour after the finish yesterday. We got that information right away at about uh, 1230 a.m. Eastern time it came across. But uh, yeah, we've got Corbin, possibly Bueller here for the Dodgers. But one thing to note here with the Dodgers, you know, when they're facing a left-handed starter, a lower winning percentage, they've just won 57% of the time compared to 69% of the time when facing a right-hander. I like their lineup better against those right-handers, but they're going to have a, they're gonna have a left-handed a lineup here, uh, a facing lefty lineup here in game one. Of course, uh, you know, L.A. wants Kershaw to have that full rest in case a game five is necessary. That's why it looks like he'll go for game two. So, you know, our pick here is going to take uh, uh, Corbin and Buermey. We're going to go ahead and take Washington Nationals here at plus 150. You know, Walker Buehler, look at his past two home starts. He's got up 10 earned runs and 11 innings of work. You're either going to get the good Buehler or the bad Buehler. You don't know what you're going to get. He's kind of tailed off at the end there. And, of course, you got to worry about the late innings because I'm no fan of Joe Kelly, although he's back and healthy. And, of course, Kenley Jansen. Come, you know, coming off as a worst season in his regular season baseball career with the Dodgers. And um, you also look here at the injury issues with the Dodgers. Justin Turner, he missed the final five games. When you count the layoff, Chelsea, that's eight games without playing and seeing Major League Baseball pitching. And uh, you got to worry about the rust and his time at the plate missing all that time. I know. I almost wish that it doesn't come down to Kenley Jansen because I don't know if I can watch it. It's been hard to watch uh, some of these games uh, that he's blown because in the past, you know, he's been this big name. Uh, he's been uh, dynamite for them. And this year it just hasn't been there. And especially in the postseason, that's, that's tough to watch. Even though the Nationals, as we've mentioned before, they've had a lot of tough postseasons to watch. Uh, but in baseball, momentum matters. Uh, sometimes yes. we see these teams catch fire towards the end of the season and I think that's the case for the Nationals. If they can carry on this momentum that they uh, won last night, I think they're going to be a tough team to beat, even in L.A. Yeah, because no one's really talking about them, right? I mean, the whole, the whole thing when the Nationals passed several seasons with their disappointments, oh, they were the favorites, oh, they're going to win. This year, there's not a lot of high expectations. Here they are coming through. You know, nobody really likes the manager, but somehow, some way, uh, Martinez was able to get it together, patch it up. He threw in Strasburg there to, to, to help them get through that through that uh, this, uh, that game against Milwaukee. But other other than the issues with um, uh, Turner here, Cody Ballinger has seen his home run production decrease the past month. But look at his postseason stats, Chelsea. Overall postseason stats batting 172, and last year 115. I got to be a little worried about that here. And you got to wonder here, what will Martinez do? You know, the bullpen's been an issue. We've seen the Dodgers using some of their uh, starters in relief roles uh, here in the in the postseason where we expect to see Maeda and Stripling, although I'm not a big fan of Stripling in pressure spots. So I'm a little concerned with him in there. Of course, Urias has been around. So I think Dodgers are okay at middle relief except with, with Stripling. But who knows? Maybe we'll see Annabelle Sanchez, Austin Roth, even Joe Ross in there in, in middle innings. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, we've seen Chelsea managers do that in the past. I remember back in the, the Marlins, uh, when they had, when they brought, they were bringing in their starters into many of these playoff games, and it worked because they won the World Series. Right. Uh, one thing: How much does postseason experience matter to you in this game? Because obviously the Dodgers have it, and it seems like they find ways to win even when guys are injured. Uh, I think they had the most walk-offs in baseball this year. So, uh, does that matter when it comes to uh, what, what you're looking at for bets? I look for it mostly in the late innings. That the the seventh and eighth inning, those are the pressure innings in baseball. Seventh, mm -hmm. eighth, and ninth. Can you get that key two out? In? We saw Soto do that. So that would, to me, the way the Nationals won that game, overcoming that deficit, I think was huge because it gives them so much momentum. It looked 
bleak for them down three to one eighth inning hater on the mound two outs all that damage all those runs scored with two outs that is such a momentum booster for this team and of course Dodgers you look at, at them Verdugo he's hurt he may not be available here well actually won't be available for this series uh, so uh, they're going to be missing one of their, their seventh, eighth inning bats there if they like to do the old switch, the switch position switches when they when they go to the bullpen. So they'll be with one less bat in their lineup there. And uh, I don't know, they're going with this young kid Lux here at second base. I like, I'm a big fan of Chris Taylor. He's a, to me, he's a clutch player, but uh, looks like they want to go with that youth at second base. So just to be clear, you're taking the Nationals. I'm going to take the Nationals here, the left-hander Corbin. He's pitched well the past two starts against the Dodgers, both last year, one run in 13 and a third innings, and he's pitched well on the road. And go back and look at the Nationals and Dodgers playing the Dodgers Stadium in the past 10 games. Each team has won five games, so I'm going to take the underdog here, Washington Nationals plus 150. All right, let's go over to the other NLDS, Cardinals-Braves. Uh, Braves home favorites in this one, minus 135. Total sits at nine. It's Miles Mikolas, nine and 14, 416 ERA, uh, facing Dallas Keuchel, eight and eight, with a 3.75 ERA. And worth noting, Kyle uh, Keuchel definitely has postseason experience. He's pitched in yes. the World Series for the Astros and won a ring. Uh, so, how are we feeling on this game? Yeah, I'm looking at the Atlanta Braves side at minus 130. I'm concerned about a couple of things. First, these. Uh, these St. Louis relievers, they didn't play very well last 10 games in an ERA approaching six. And really, Cardinals really screwed up. I mean, you should have, they, you know, they had to pitch their best pitcher, probably the best pitcher in baseball right now, Jack Fiority, when you look at his numbers. He had to pitch on Sunday to clinch the NL Central. And that means, you know, that means we're looking here at Michaelis in this start instead of Fiority. Um, you know, St. Louis, you know, they went on that losing streak, losing four straight. They, they get game 162 because their best pitcher on the mound, Flaherty. But I'm a little concerned here with, with, the, with the Cardinals when Flaherty's not pitching. Uh, the Cardinals have not looked good. Uh, you know, and, of course, uh, Michaelist, he does give up home runs, home run to fly ball rate 16, uh, high whip on the road, uh, high ERA on the road. And, of course, Dallas Keiko, as you talked about, uh, Chelsea, he does have experience, 60% uh, ground ball pitcher, so I like that. He does his best work at home, ERA at 2.74. And one thing I look at two years, and he hasn't put, he hasn't logged in a lot of innings, so his arm is fresher. Remember, he was one of those late signings, 112 innings of work uh, this year, and of course, uh, he has nine starts in the postseason, ERA 3.31, and uh, teams batting 219 against him in the postseason. So I'm definitely going to look here at the Braves. They're, they've been a good home team, Chelsea, 50 and 31. Right, and at minus 135, that's actually not too bad of a value, especially when they have. I guess Sirocco would be their ace, but Keigel's been good in the postseason, and the Cardinals do not have their ace. So I think that's pretty good value uh, if you're taking the Braves. Uh, let's move on to tonight's game because we need to dive into it. A's, Rays. Uh, A's at home in this one, minus 137. Uh, two teams that are uh, kind of those mid-market teams, but they play with the big boys. They've knocked off a lot of these really good teams. Uh, the Rays play in the AL East, where they have to contend with the Yankees and the Red Sox before they gave up. And then the A's, of course, in the same division as the Astros. So how are we seeing this one? Well, whoever went, Houston's got to be shaking their head. Man, they don't want to see any of these teams. But uh, I'm going to actually go here with the under. I think we're going to see a pitching duel here. Under a total of seven and a half runs here with Tampa Bay and Oakland. Um, you know, it'll be Sean Manea who will be getting the start here for the Athletics. Uh, he's pitched well since returning from that shoulder injury in five starts. Uh, his, uh, his ERA has been fantastic in 29 two-thirds innings, uh, 1.08 uh, whip. I, I really like that about him. And, and uh, you know, 
the one thing with Oakland here, Chelsea, a very good relief core and very good middle relief for this Oakland team. And I think that's going to pay off for them. Charlie Morton, a veteran, 30% strikeout rate. That is a career high. And he's coming out that really good outing against the Yankees. No runs and a hit over six innings. And, of course, uh, he's pitched uh, well against Oakland. One run allowed in 13 and third innings. And, of course, you know the bullpens, they've they played well here, Chelsea. So I'm going to look for a pitching duel and the, and the relievers to come in and do a good job. Uh, I don't know, Chelsea, you may have to stay up late for this one. We could see extra innings. And if there is extra innings, it could go a long time because these bullpens are pretty good. I like the under seven and a half. I think the pitching uh, matchup, I think the Rays are a, a touch better just because I think Charlie Morton is a bona fide ace. And the Rays relievers have been some of the best in baseball. Uh, even though Sean Manaya, as you've mentioned, coming off shoulder surgery, that's really impressive uh, to be so good so soon. But remember, this is the guy that threw the no-hitter against the Red Sox. I think it was last season. I do think that the A's have the edge when it comes to hitting. They've got the power uh, that the Rays might not have. Uh, Chapman, Olsen. Uh, they've had guys that have been hitting home runs, especially against good pitching. So I think they get the edge there. Uh, I will say we talked about the under last night. I think it was seven and a half as well. And that hit by half a run, but it was still hit. So as it we've hit. seen uh, some of these games, you can put in whoever you want uh, when it's one game. Uh, we saw uh, Steven Strasburg coming out of the pin last night. So that's why... I think the pitching is going to be a little bit stronger in this one. I agree with you on the under. Yeah, all hands, all hands on deck. And don't forget, Chelsea, as you know, Oakland is a pitcher's park. A lot of foul ground right. territory out there and a lot of outs. The ball is difficult to carry. Of course, we're looking here at autumn weather now in the Bay Area. The, the air is usually heavy. Uh, we start to see, you know, the ball not carry as much in this time, this time, this time of the year. It's kind of like in April. We get a lot of unders. And I think this 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 definitely plays up to. I'm not worried about shadows. We're already we're already into autumn now. The sun comes is going down sooner. So I, I really see here the uh, you know the pitchers duel in this one and uh, really a tight game here uh, because you got really good pitching staffs, good management on both sides, and a really good close game. And also I think Tampa Bay's hitting may be effective because it's really tough as you know for those. Florida teams to travel all the way to the West Coast. So I, I, I think there, uh, there I think is the advantage there for Oakland side, but again, for, for a really uh, low scoring game. Even though I think it's a little harder to go the other direction, the West Coast teams that go to East Coast, uh, but still a long day of travel. Yeah, that's what I'm looking here as a, a long day of travel. It's either tough on both on both teams, but wh whichever way you look at it, fortunately for them, it's only one game uh, coast to coast and, uh, like I said, it should be interesting here to see who gets who gets Houston next because uh, you know they, they, they can give trouble. They can give trouble to those Astros. I know. I think I don't know who the Astros want to win because I think both of those matchups are really tough, especially for the first round. Uh, but wrapping up things with Tony T. Thanks for coming on. Uh, those are our baseball picks after the break. Recapping all of today's picks after the break on picks and parlays. Welcome back to Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and also streaming live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. If you search Picks and Parlays, guess what? We're really easy to find. We're usually the first thing that pops up. Uh, I'm your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me on Twitter, at Chelsea Messenger. We had a great show, chock full of all things football and also a little postseason baseball because it's October. 
it's one of the best times of the year when it comes to sports. Uh, right now, let's do a recap of all of today's picks. In case you weren't paying attention, we got you covered. Craig Trapp gave us uh, these college football picks. Texas at West Virginia taking the over 61. Utah State, LSU taking Utah State uh, plus 27.5. Baylor, K-State taking K-State minus 1. And then he had some NFL picks for us. Craig Trapp did. Uh, Bucks at Saints taking the Saints minus 3. Jags at Panthers taking the Jags plus 3.5. Colts at Chiefs taking the over in that one, 56 and a half. And then finally, putting a bow on things with some major league baseball picks for the postseason, uh, NLDS Cardinals at Braves game one, taking the Braves at home, minus 130. Uh, Nationals Dodgers taking the Nats on the road, plus 150, big dogs in that one. Uh, but the Nationals are hot. They had that exciting, exciting win uh, last night in the wild card. And then finally, the Rays at A's. That game is tonight. Taking the Rays and the A's to play the under <laughs> at seven and a half because we do like the pitching matchups in that one. And the A's play at a pitcher-friendly ballpark, which is nice in the era of juiced balls that we've seen so many home runs. Uh, we're back same time, same place tomorrow, 1 Pacific, 4 Eastern here on Picks and Parlays. Uh, talking more football, and we've got rapid fire uh, college football picks. Always fun, always fun to do. So until then, we'll see you tomorrow on Picks and Parlays Radio. Bet, win, repeat. See you tomorrow. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.